There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Work Stories is a place for women of color to share their experiences in the workplace. We're no longer whispering these stories to our best friends and partners and then shoving them to the backs of our minds and just dealing. We're talking about bias, equal pay, bad bosses, racist hiring practices, and all the crazy things your coworkers have done or said to you. This is a safe place to tell those stories. The floor is open, y'all. We are telling it all. Hello, welcome back to Work Stories. Today, we're going to be talking with Adele, who is an award-winning executive producer and podcast creator. She's going to be telling you her very own work story. It's layered with trauma, it has a bit of a plot twist, and got her to leave her job within weeks. Yeah, weeks. Let's talk to Adele. So I was I was so excited when Tiffany was like, yeah, I have somebody you need to meet. I was like, she listens to my podcast? Like, what? <laughs> it just sounded crazy to me. And I was like, so honored. So thank you for listening and, and engaging like that. You know, sometimes it's hard even to get your cousins to listen, let alone, <laughs> yeah, let alone strangers who are in the industry, you know, who, yeah. who understand what I'm trying to do probably way better than I even do, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So give us a little background on your career trajectory and like how you got where you are today. Yeah. Well, first, I'm a huge fan. Like I said, thank you for having me. The show logo is what drew me in. I was like, what is this? I got to check this out. So, yeah. Good job on the artwork. (laughs) But yeah. So I've been, I would say, in the industry of communication since I was like 15 because I used to work for this local radio station. I'm in the Washington, D.C. area. Went to school, Penn State for mass communications, and then graduated and kind of started in radio broadcasting producing executive producing you know talent booking and now I'm in the podcasting space which it goes hand in hand but it's a lot of differences where you're like used to like ad breaks and you know timing for stuff and you know I ended up um at my job before I came with DCP Entertainment I was like managing a whole channel and you know you know running like our daily schedule so I'll get into a lot of the technical space of it I always try to be a little creative, you know, because that's, that's my passion is just trying to be a creative voice, which wasn't really as welcoming, I guess I would say, uh, where I worked. But I love talking. I've always loved this industry. I love hearing people express themselves. I love learning more about folk. I love interviews. You know, I just I just really love this industry. Like, I've won a few awards. I produce and host this show, Say Their Name, with DCP Entertainment. We won a Webby Award mm-hmm. last year and two New York Festival Awards, which was great because I've, like, 
only got like honorable mention from them. So when I finally got an award, I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> finally. But yeah. it was cool yeah. because it was a passion project. You know, it was like something from my heart and being able to amplify the voices of people negatively impacted by police violence. So I'm just kind of always like wanting to learn more and share more and explore more. And, you know, just, I just really love this industry. I really, it's, it's cool people in it. Yeah. I listened to, um, say their names and I have such powerful storytelling and I was like, so I'm going to cry. Yeah. And I was like, why? I know I was going to do it before I started listening. And then it was like, yep, it's happening yeah. now. Um, really early on because really being able to understand people's lives and the whole personhood is, is amazing. Right. And it often gets lost. We don't hear about all of that. We hear about the news report, but we don't hear about what this person liked to do, who were they before this event and how was their family impacted after this event. So, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so everyone check that out. So tell me about, I, I mean, okay, so some people might have the perception that doing radio and podcasting as a Black woman is probably, like, easy breezy. Um, it's entertainment-based, you know, you have, we have amazing different dialects in our diaspora. So that lends itself beneficial to a lot of podcasting radio work. How has your experience been? Because I have a feeling it's not as easy as people think it is. Yeah, no, not at all. Like, I just feel like in general, coming up in radio and, and just kind of always just trying to prove yourself, especially when you start producing and editing and mixing and stuff. You know, I, I remember I used to do a couple of live shows and we have like an audience and you know, I remember her, someone say, okay, go ask the producer. It's like one of the audience members and they like walk straight past me. And I was like, I can help you. And it's no knock against anyone, but they're like, aren't you just the assistant? Like no one, you know, like took me serious in that producer role. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we, we, women know how to edit and do all these things too. Like, I don't know what this is about. Um, but you know, luckily once I became, I came over at DCP, I was asked to take on a leadership position, but it was also like really challenging. But uh, yeah, so it's like, that glass ceiling that, you know, the average woman has, Black women have a brick ceiling. Like, we have to break through even more layers and, and to really get to that that top tier. And one thing that I feel like is, is hard in this industry, especially for me for starting out, was finding other Black women. <laughs> like, you know, finding mm-hmm. our space and our voices and, and finding people that were similar to me. Because I remember going to some pod fests, you know, when I first started and like I was the only one who looked like me or, you know, some of the people that were more established were a little bit more cliquish. Whereas like the more recent ones I've gone to is like everyone's aligned in their thoughts. Like we had like a meeting of minds with all the black women that we ran into. It was like, hey, how can we make this a better industry for us? You know, which was dope. And that was only like maybe like a four year turnaround. Because, like, in general, especially in podcasting, it's, like, a white man's industry first kind of coming into it. And you don't see a lot of black and brown voices in general. What I appreciated about, you know, being brought into a leadership position with DCP is that it's like, hey, we don't just want to change this for us. We want to change this for everyone. So if we may not be able to fit a specific need for an ad or, you know, someone wants to do cross promo, but it might not be one of our shows. We're like, oh, okay. Have you heard about, you know, work stories? Like, have you heard about them? Let's connect you over there because I'm all about, you know, black girl magic and seeing how I can uplift other voices that are like mine. And, and it, 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 it's been great because I've seen it kind of come back around. Like my name gets thrown in a pot now where it wasn't at first, you know, so it's just kind of all about, you know, talking to people, getting to know people, trying to participate at different events that's going on, being supportive. You know, I feel like that's the only way like that we can grow. And I feel like the the, the main challenge is just kind of 
getting in those spaces and the only way we can do that is like uplifting each other definitely it's it's great to see any representation we can get but but even more importantly coming together and um you know figuring out how to make the space more inclusive for sure and i'm just i'm i'm saying this as like an amateur (laughs) somebody you know doing this kind of on the side not as my main job but definitely somebody who is watching people like you and taking your your leadership for sure so okay you've had a lot of different jobs but there was an experience you had at one of your jobs that really stuck out with you um with one of your managers right yeah yeah (laughs) walk us through that so just to give a little background, I have probably been at this company maybe like eight or nine years. Yeah, nine. And it was one of those situations where like I knew that I didn't need to be there. <laughs> it was just like that fear of like leaving, um, trying to find something else. I knew by like year four, I was like, yeah, there's no growth opportunities here. But at the time I had like a young daughter and I was like, oh, hey, at least it's income, <laughs> you know, something until I can get somewhere yeah. else. And it's like you look up and another five years have gone past. It wasn't necessarily that it wasn't like the work was cool, but the compensation and the growth opportunities weren't there. But I managed to get myself in a decent position being second in command of our channel. And so it was interesting because here is now an opportunity where when my boss left, I was like, okay, obvious choice. I'm about to be in charge of things here. Like, I've been his number two. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been doing everything. And then I get a gut check when they're just like, yeah, we don't really feel like you're strong enough to lead this team fully. But what we're going to do is bring someone in who you should train so that she can lead the team. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No. So I'm like, I'm not good enough to do it, but I have to now teach someone to be my boss. That literally makes no sense. Once she kind of got in there, it was really bad. I felt like it was like me against the world. Like it was a lot of people who had been there for years who were like advocating for me, but she was really toxic. Like she started asking around, like, what do you know about Adele? What what, What type of worker is she? And everyone would give good reviews or rave reviews and they'd come back to me like, she keeps asking us stuff about you. I'm like, why? What is going on? And she would get more mad. She would get upset. Like she just wanted to find some dirt on me for whatever reason. And, you know, I I went through a lot Mm -hmm. while working there. Like I said, I'd been there for a while. So life had happened for me. I had gotten divorced. Um, My mom, unfortunately, she passed away. She was murdered um, while working there. It was no secret around the job like they knew that but everyone kind of respected that space for me and most recently when things kind of started to come to a head with this woman I have found out about this eye condition that I have um that could potentially one day lead to blindness and so you know that was emotional for me yeah you know one day we have a call or a meeting and you know I get brought in and I'm like okay what's going on what did I do now you know <laughs> and they're just like well, what's going on? You know, why, why aren't you being more effective with getting us, you know, better programming or why aren't you being more effective with, you know, training up other people? And I'm like, well, I am training. I am doing all these things. And so once I kind of had an answer for everything that was asked of me, as far as like delivering assets and everything that was needed, I'm like, yeah, I built a schedule for that. I have a calendar here. You know, I'm, I'm managing the team, you know, (laughs) like the thing that I was told I was not able to to do i'm doing it i've even given you tips on how to manage and what you know your expectations are she got upset and you know pulled me to the side and it became a thing of like 
everything that I went through, she started bringing it up. She's like, I feel like your workload may be too heavy because, you know, I know about your divorce and I know that your mom died. And I was like, wow, like we need to go have this conversation with HR. Like, you know, like what the heck is this? Um, and once I kind of mentioned HR, you know, she yeah. just kind of disappeared in the wind. I, it was like at that moment, I was like, I cannot work here. <laughs> like I already was kind of one foot out the door to the point that I was sitting in my car like trying to amp myself up, you know, trying to build myself up to a space where I can now go into work. And that's not, I, I, it was wearing on my mental health. Like I'll be at home crying. I was scared, um, you know, to answer the phone. I was scared of the email ding, like, Oh Lord, what did I do? Like my anxiety was at an all time high. And I was like, you know what? Like, I can't, I can't do this anymore because I am breaking and I don't, this job does not deserve that from, you know, deserve all of me in this way. It doesn't. So I need to leave. When you were exiting, was it easy at that point? Did they put up a fight about it? It was interesting. We we know who didn't put up a fight. Right. right. <laughs> Your best friends there. Right, right. Exactly. Um, but no, like it was, it was indifferent. Like, you know, people knew what I was kind of going through. So some of them weren't surprised. But a lot of people were really, really sad to see me go and they didn't want me to. And, when, you know, one of my more immediate managers was like, we can work through this, you know, because like one of my immediate managers, she had even caught uh, her in a lie, the lady in a lie. And so mm. I was like, see, like, see, she's like, yeah, she's obviously trying to sabotage you, but don't give in. I'm like, it's not necessarily me giving in. It's me protecting myself. At this yep. point. You know, yeah. like, I can't, I can't do this. It's not going to get better it's only going to get worse. So, and and if this is how bad it is, I don't want to see what worse looks like. And it was scary. Like I didn't have anything lined up. Like I was, I went home, I talked to my husband and he's a freelancer. So, you know, if you know the gig industry, sometimes it's hot and sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was just like, I can't, he was like, honestly, I was going to, I was going to tell you, I feel like you should just leave. And so he was like, you should just leave. And, when I gave my two weeks, I just felt relief, you know, like, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna give my two weeks, I'll stay here for one more, and I will take my vacation for the rest, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm gone, and it's like, the second I put that paper on the table, like, yeah, I quit, like, I felt, I felt good, I was still a little nervous and scared, because, like I said, it, I did not have anything lined up, I've never done anything like that ever before, like, you, my dad always say, like, you know, leave a job, Cause you'll never know. Don't burn bridges. You might have to go back and, yep. you know, be careful and don't leave a job without something lined up. And I'm like, Oh, well I left the job. Without something yeah. lined up. But <laughs> I was optimistic that I would land somewhere, but you know, it's hard. Even the most qualified people go years without something biting. And, and sometimes it's because they're so qualified, right? People don't right, want to pay right. them what they need to pay them. Wait, so I have so many questions. So how long was this new manager, boss person in the role before you left? Um, Maybe like two months. Like it was fast. Oh, wow, it was fast. Yeah, the toxicity spilled out really quickly. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I just knew you were going to say like a year or something. No, and that's the whole thing, right? Like, 
I was excited. I was like, yo, you know, cool. Let's help another lady. Let's do this. And as far as like support, but I was mad, not at her, but at the system for being like, you got to teach somebody to manage you. And it's right. like, if someone should have had resentment towards someone, it should have been me <laughs> towards you. Like you could have been I, trying to set her up to get her out because exactly. you, the job was yours really. Exactly. <laughs> you might've not even had time and energy for this, but did you ever think, what prompted the relationship that y'all ended up having? Did you figure out, did she want someone else specific in the job? Yep. That's, that's, that's what it was, is that, um, she wanted someone else there. Um, because like, she basically wanted to bring in all her friends and people. And so the, the, the idea was to kind of just eliminate as many people as possible. And, Mm -hmm. I was I was target number one because I was the highest <laughs> ranking person. And it's just yeah. like Yeah. So she just kinda wanted to bring everyone in and also like I just had a way of doing things, getting things done effectively. And, you know, I guess she didn't like the way that I I managed the team. I don't know. Like because at the same time, once I kind of stepped back and was like, all right, it's all yours. Like in my last week, I could just kind of see the writing on the wall that, you know, no one had been paying attention to all the things that they was trying to tell them, like from her mm-hmm. team. And so I was just like, well, you know, I found myself trying to like overly compensate by saying, okay, you guys, you know, before I leave, since you're her team members, let me train you up. It's not your fault. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? This is not on me. She needs to teach them how to do this because this is not now my responsibility. Right. I have heard this situation a lot, actually, like being passed over, um, you know, for a position you should at least, at least be able to properly apply an interview for, right? right. Because you're next in line and you, especially you were there so long. Um, mm-hmm. People don't even stay at jobs <laughs> anymore. That's like very impressive. <laughs> but I mean yeah it just seems like I'm wondering so I'm assuming this is a white woman nope whoa wait wait (laughs) a black woman yeah yeah oh hell what the heck man like Oh, yeah. This yeah. is this is important, though, because these are the conversations I know that I want to be having more, particularly in this platform of, like, sometimes we do it to ourselves. We do it to <laughs> ourselves, man. Like, it's just, it was just, it, that's that's what made it so much worse. Like, like, I mean, it hurt. Yeah, yeah. Especially when she, like, threw all my struggles in my face. I'm like, sis, mm-hmm. come on, like... I didn't even try to get tea on you. I don't play those types of games. Why are you like, come on, we're in a powerful position right now. And we look terrible because now we're fighting. Like we don't have to fight. We're giving them something to talk about. We don't, it doesn't have to be this way. Wow. Wow. And you know what, this, this just makes me think like in so many environments, um, you know, especially when you're working with white folks, they're so free to talk about all the elements of their life. They get on the call early. They're talking about how they were drunk the night before or what's going on with their family or their kids or really like, you know, divulging things um, that are rather personal at times. And black folks, Latino folks, we don't feel like the comfort, the ease in doing that. We definitely are more guarded because we feel like we have to be. And I feel like your story is a perfect example of when people do know stuff, how it can quickly come back around and come against you rather than helping them give you 
give you, um, you know, some empathy and give you some time and some, you know, space to heal. They're like, let's use it against her. And that's why people don't share at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what did you take away from that experience? I imagine when you went into your new job, um, you might have been a little weary of like, you know, the characters you would be working with. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think, you know, going into my next job, I was in probably the highest level of like seniority um, that I had been. And so now that I had this whole team, even larger than my last one, it really impacted how I functioned. It showed me, you know, one, that I need to kind of stand firm in how I feel and how, you know, it's a way to communicate without, you know, being disrespectful, but still being firm with what you, how you want to operate. And then two, it also allowed me to figure out a good way to manage my team and be empathetic and how I communicate with them. I always just try to be the type of boss or manager that I would want. And I would want one that, you know, communicates with me, the one that listens, even if they don't necessarily agree with me or my point, like, cause I've, I've not always agreed with certain things, you know, from my staff, but I will at least hear them out, you know, and mm-hmm. then try to find common ground. Um, in a way that I don't think that I've ever been heard, you know, sometimes like when you work for some of these, these industries, you know, even something as simple as like a raise, like, Hey, I've been working here for so long, you know, like a little timid, like, can I get a raise? Like, no, I'm not like that anymore. Like, Hey, can I get a raise? Like, you know, I've done this, this and that, here's why, you know, and I try mm-hmm. to present it myself in a way that my, my team feels comfortable to come to me and be like, you know, Hey, you know, Adele, like, how can I, get better at this or can we talk through this and you know if they're wrong you know we'll talk through stuff I always just try to you know be reassuring be solution driven and not just point out problems and then like you fix it like the goal here is to Mm -hmm. make sure that you know we're all excelling and we're all doing you know well and that's what keeps us running that's what keeps people here you know and not resentful you know that's what keeps people looking forward to coming to work it's crazy. Like sometimes I'm like, do we have to go through all of that to learn that? But <laughs> that, is, that is a valuable lesson. And you're able to just see things from a different perspective that if you hadn't had that traumatic experience, you just wouldn't be able to, to fully grasp. Right. And what I, mean, I will say too, is like, you know, it, it did suck, but you know, just kind of like a little bit of background with me. I didn't really have a lot of people other than like my grandma who like worked in like a corporate America space or, you know, for, for different industries. So I didn't really have like a guidance. I didn't know how to negotiate, you know, like when you sign up to a job and they're like, okay, this is what we're offering you. I was just like, Oh, okay. Like I didn't know at first when I first got into certain jobs, when I first came out of college, like you can ask for more money, you can negotiate. (laughs) So, you know, I, I had to kind of learn all of that as I went through, you know? So when I got confronted with certain things, I just, at first I just kind of didn't know how to handle that. But then I'm like, you know, I'm a human. I, I, a person can only take so much, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's certain stereotypes that, you know, women, especially black women, you know, run into when they're handling things certain ways. Like, you know, sometimes I may communicate and say, I remember one time we were in a staff meeting and I was just like, okay, yo, we, we need to get this, this, and that done. And we have a deadline and we're missing deadlines. I was a little more firm. And I remember my boss mm-hmm. afterwards came to me and was like, yeah, I'm going to call you HBIC because you're getting things done. I was like, whoa there. Oh, God. What? Right, right. 
And then one meeting, I'm like, not really talking. And then, you know, my boss comes to me and is like, you're too quiet or you're passive. I'm like, what? Like, you know, I, I, I can't win like, for losing. Which one? Like, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to be? <laughs> you, you tell me. I won't even be myself anymore. <laughs> Let me be you, you know? And then I like a lot. You see a little white girl come and do the same. It's like, oh, yeah, you're a great way to manage your team. But they'll be more like her. Like, what? Like, <laughs> Oh it gosh. puts you in a way where you're self-conscious about everything sometimes, especially mm-hmm. as a as a black woman in this space. Like you're you're worried about like everything in, in some spaces. Like, oh, did I say that right? Did I get read this way? Because you get labeled certain ways, and then just after a while, I just stop caring. Like, you know, this is who I am. The job's getting done. The work is getting done. You know, I'm 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 being me, and that's just mm-hmm. who I am. And you know, I don't want to play all these play into all these different stereotypes of what you think I'm supposed to be or how you're judging me. Cause the regardless, you're going to judge me anyway. <laughs> so right. Might as well just be me. Right. Well, do you feel like you've really hit a point that you've completely stopped caring though? I think people say that. And I'm like, I, sometimes I challenge that. I'm like, do we ever fully stop? Caring? That's true. <laughs> I think certain things I don't care as much about as I used to. Mm-hmm. And I think that, me managing the way I am now and even, um, you know, learning more, like I said earlier in this industry and meeting other strong black women allows me to be even more confident in myself. You know, like I'm, mm-hmm. I would say more than ever, I'm the most confident in my abilities than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. And, and do you think that comes with, is that age? Is that the level of seniority you now hit that you have that comfort and you're in that groove? Like what is, how do you I get think that? I think it's like, experience like in that the things that I've gone through since being in this industry I'm not the same person that I was like even five years Mm. ago I think it's also being able to see that there are other people like me in this space because I will say like as soon as I saw this podcast I listened to I shared it to like three of my friends and they were like oh my gosh like yes this is what I'm saying because you know I have a friend who works at a law office oh she goes through it so it's just like you know I think kind of building my own village really helped me to be more confident in myself the talking about it is so crucial but there's I don't know about you but I just feel like there's so much shame around it sometimes and like especially in today's culture of like everything's you know on social media and you're like keeping up with the joneses of like who's working at the top place yeah moving into their million dollar house you know making all their investments because they have 14 jobs but always seem to be in Cabo. Like, uh, (laughs) it's just a lot. It's a lot. And you're like, do I really want to admit to anyone that this is happening to me? Because will they judge me for it? And that's the funny thing too, is like everyone kind of, I feel like everyone feels the same, but no one doesn't really always want to say it. Because the while I Mm -hmm. say like, I do feel more confident than I do, you know, than than I ever have, you know, that definitely stands firm. But then I also, you know, I'm like, you know, Sometimes I might second guess, like, you know, am I handling things correctly? Am I a good boss? You know, I don't want to go to my staff like, hey, guys, do you like me? <laughs> you know, like, yes. like, I know, it sounds so pitiful, right? <laughs> but like, what, like last week, one, of my, uh, <laughs> one person came to me and she was like, I just want you to know, like, you're, you're, you're awesome. Like, you're a really good boss. I like how you, like you supported me because she was kind of going through some stuff. She's like, you've been really supportive. Like, I really enjoy working for you. I was like, oh, like oh, wow. what? Because like, you don't know, you know? So it's just like, you know, 
you, you people are going to do what they have to do, you know, but I can't read all of their minds. So it's just like yeah. to hear that it helped me to, it gave me a little extra boost of confidence because, you know, sometimes I'll sit here and like, I'll be like, am I doing good? Or I'll, I'll go to my boss. Like, you need anything? Everything good? Yes. <laughs> like, are you good with me? Are we fine? Checking in, checking you in. Know, yeah. He's kind of checking in. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because that is what I found. Like, especially, um, you know, they say like your love languages, like I believe like your work language, like mine is definitely affirmation. Like, you know, if, if my boss just kind of out of nowhere is like, yo, you've been doing awesome. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, that, that sticks with me, you know? So it's just, I, I do think, and, and even with the space of us saying, like talking to other women in this industry, I would love to even, you know, expand in that space more and, and meet more people and build a little community in a little village where we don't just kind of big up each other, but we can be honest and vulnerable, you know, about what we're doing and what we're feeling because, you know, with podcasting, especially, as a host, you know, sometimes you feel like you're just kind of talking into the void and you're like, are people <laughs> listening to me? <laughs> Do they like me? In my closet, <laughs> talking to my clothes. <laughs> Do people like me? Are they going to get it? You know, do they, do they understand? Do they, you know, how do I, how do I, you know, occupy this space? But I think you're doing an awesome job. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, what, real quick, what's your best advice for um, black and brown women who are in tech industries like you? They're producers, they're doing things that the boys only do, you know? What's your best advice for them? Well, first I would say, be confident in your abilities, like always, and always be learning more to be strong mm-hmm. and stick together, man. Like, Come on. And when you're at these conferences, go up and talk to each other. Smile. Say, <laughs> hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Go, go up to each other. Yes. Well, oh, thank you so much for talking with us and giving all this great advice. And and once again, being vulnerable and, and opening up wounds to, you know, help the audience. Much appreciated. Yeah, no problem. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I appreciate you for, for having me and you know, hopefully I can help someone like, yeah, if that place is not yeah. good, it don't deserve you. <laughs> like, seriously. Yes. Get out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Adele for being so vulnerable and sharing her work story. This conversation brought up a lot of things. I think we should definitely talk about later in the season. Make sure you check out Adele's podcast, Say Their Name, a show that tells the stories of the people and their families who have been negatively impacted by police encounters, including the stories of Stefan Clark, Corinne Gaines, and Danny Ray Thomas. See you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.